Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Today we end the year with some Yuletide cheer chatting about recent holiday movies. And then we're playing some BuzzFeed quizzes and getting festive with Happiest Season. It's time for a Top 3 Turf War. Alright guys, we are counting down the top three new Christmas movies, or new holiday movies, if you will. This totally takes Die Hard and Elf and Home Alone out of the question. So these are movies that came out from 2010 to current day, and we we think are the best of the new Christmas classics to put on for your cheery season. I just want to say they cannot stop making kind of movie of the week holiday movies. They can't. There are like hundreds to go through. Or it feels like I'm going through hundreds and hundreds of films. You know, when I was doing prep for this, it really was like starting from... I started from these are my favorite movies that I go to every year. And then it was like, but I, am I missing something? Like, are there better ones that I I just am missing? And I went to a list. I think I sent you the list uh, as well. You sure did. Wow. And it's like the most exhaustive Christmas movie list I've ever seen. And you you can sort on Letterboxd by whatever you want. So I sorted by popularity and literally only like 40 of those movies I'd seen anyway. So a lot of them are going to be not included. But a lot of them shouldn't be included. I think on this list. I agree. I, I totally agree. Although I also, I, I I gave up. Like at some point I was like, you know what? I think I know the holiday movies I like probably. Uh, I'm just going to pick them and I'm going to stop even looking. And so I hope I've, I've done justice to this list. I feel like the new trend of these like made for TV movies are really just there. Like Christmas music is there. To have on yes. in the background while you're doing other things. I think that's exactly what those movies are meant to be, yeah. But these are not the movies we chose. No, we tried to choose what we thought were the best ones. Admittedly, I feel like I'm almost a bad person to contribute to such a list because I'm not all that um, festive Like, I'm not a very... I'm not into Christmas. Yeah, and your Christmas holdouts are really... Like movies that are classic 90s and and have to do with your childhood, like Home Alone. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. I mostly don't like a lot of Christmas movies. <laughs> but I know you've seen a lot of Christmas movies. You just don't gen tend to go back into that after the season. Right. So here's my or question Or even to you. during the season, if I can avoid rewatching them. <laughs> what is your number three new Christmas movie on your list? That people should check out. So this one's going to be weird because we're going to be talking about it later today. But it is Happiest Season from 2020. All right. So I like wrote a line into our thing saying, what do you think of the movie? So maybe now I'm going to know what you think of the movie. <laughs> should we hold off for a moment or? Yeah, like I, I think I, I'm just going to speak to it at a very high level. All and right. I, I'm just going to say that. The movie was really well done, and it is um, an LGBTQ story that is a very, like, traditional holiday movie, 
And I think for that reason, it is quite, I don't know, it's regarded like a big deal. Like it's been a long time or this is really the first where this is the forefront of the story. It is made with care. Everyone involved wants the movie to do well. It's a traditional holiday film, but more. Yeah, people are rooting for this movie. It feels mainstream, even though it's Hulu. It feels like it's getting a lot of attention as a film to see around this time of year, Uh, especially because, like you said, it is one of the first big LGBTQ2S. Sorry if I messed that up. It's one of the biggest queer culture films to come out for the holidays. Yeah, and and it's mainstream, and I think that's very important. So I'll just leave with that, and we'll get into the movie later. Sounds great. My number three is an animated gem called Klaus that I think made my top 10 last year and I revisited this year and it's just lovely. J.K. Simmons plays Santa Claus, but not as the Santa Claus you know him as. This is the story of how a postman duped a town and accidentally invented Santa Claus. And it is the best and so sad and emotional and Lovely, and the animation style is a is a cross between like 2D and 3D. It's awesome. So uh, it was nominated for Best Animated Picture last year. Didn't win, but maybe it should have. I think Toy Story 4, like, did you really need to win? I don't think it did. Or was that this year? I think it well, was that, last year. That was last year, yeah. I think. I think, yeah. Yeah, because nothing Klaus came out this year. actually comes up at almost the top for when you uh, sort by average rating on that letterbox list. That's right. So people love it. You know, the voice talents of Jason Schwartzman and Rashida Jones, Norm Macdonald's in there. You got Joan Cusack and JK Simmons as this like really stoic man who lives alone and likes to make toys. It's really cool. Anybody who's looking for something new to check out, it's worth it. And it's also got great music that isn't necessarily like holiday music, but it feels like holiday music. You know, it's not like all the bells and everything, but it's really good. What is your number two, Ivana? My number two is a very Harold and Kumar Christmas with just, it's just squeaked in the list because it's 2011. You know what this movie means to me, Ivana. Is it on your list? It's not because of what? my revisit this year. There is a scene in A Very Harold and Kumar Christmas that goes too far with the Me Too movement. Way too far. And I think, I think currently watching it, it is so terrifying that it dropped it out of my top three. And I, I hate to say that, but it is, it does not hold up. So that's kind of interesting because it's been a long time since I've seen it. So I'm going totally based off of memory. But I did notice because I rewatched the trailer just to sort of remind myself about this movie. I know they had that scene in there. It's with uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. And he's like kind of like trying to get a model. Like he's very much it was an interesting kind of mix of his character from How I Met Your Mother, I guess. And as well as himself and his like Harold and Kumar personality. And so it felt I didn't know. I was like, oh, this does not look great. It's <laughs> like, not great I was watching the trailer. And then I thought, oh, it's like so 
exactly of that time. Like in yes. that, isn't it crazy how much has changed in like less than a decade? Absolutely. The rest of the film, delightful. Like all, like the Clay Cox and, you know, them re- reigniting their friendship. And even the side characters are great. It is literally that one scene where he is pretending to be gay so he can rub down a dancer and then starts to touch himself behind the dancer and yells at her to shut up. And all, like it is Weinstein levels of crazy in this movie. Okay, can I ask you a question? Because you are, you did watch it recently. So yeah. he, here's the thing. Sometimes I'm a big believer in it's not what's happening on camera as much as what the story is telling you about what's happening on camera. So, like, is he the bad guy in the situation where you're like, oh, this is horrible. Totally. And, he is okay, the worst. at least there's that. He is absolutely the bad guy. And then at the end of the scene, you're like cool with what has just happened because your characters are cool with what just happened. And no, it's wrong. That whole scene needs to just like be thrown in the trash and come up with a new Neil Patrick Harris thing because it is, like I said, I use this word. It is terrifying because of what we all know about Years and years and years and years of sexual abuse in this industry. I have a feeling this movie is not going to make our final list. <laughs> I may. All right. Look, the rest of the movie is awesome. It is awesome. Uh, and it is definitely like it has been my gateway into Christmas spirit, as you know. Also, that scene will never take away you and I seeing that in theaters and leaving with a little bit of excitement for the holidays. And the little robot. And the little robot. The waffle bot. It'll never take that away. But it uh it it just it's so bad. Water, you gotta just <laughs> just watch the scene, you'll be like, holy shit, how did they put I this? I clearly in? need to rewatch yeah. this movie. All right, well, what's your your number two? All right, my number two is a little Netflix film, a second Netflix film on my list, and it's called Let It Snow. Which isn't really entirely Christmas. It takes place on Christmas Eve in this small town. With a bunch of teenagers who are all going through their, like, life moments. We saw a lot of this stuff in the 90s, like Can't Hardly Wait or 200 Cigarettes. You know, there's, like, a bunch of those movies. Go. There's a lot of these movies where these young people are trying to live their lives. And there's a bunch of different storylines going on. One's trying to fall in love. One's trying to have a party. One's trying to, you know, just reconnect with their boyfriend. Like, all this stupid stuff. It is wonderful. I've seen it now. Ready for this, Ivana? Six times in two years. I have this year watched wow. it twice. I don't know why. It's just, you know how we like our teen rom-coms. I, I think I've seen at least the beginning of this movie and then promptly fell asleep because... Some of it looks very familiar, but then lots of it looks absolutely like I've never seen it before in my life. <laughs> well, it, and I'm not trying to say it's like a great movie, but when we're talking about holiday movies, it comes into my list for sure as like one of the go-tos every year now. It's so much fun. 
and there's some really great music. You know what it feels like? It feels like Empire Records. Right. You. I think we've talked about this movie recently, and you mentioned that. It does feature Anna Akana, who I think is maybe one of the like coolest actors. And she's she, just so fucking cool. She is lovely in it. She plays somebody who is not quite out, but had this lovely experience with this girl who works at the Waffle Hut. And... Basically, they they run into each other. She is so excited to see her, but she is with all of her friends who don't know she's gay, and she's, like, really cold to her, and it plays so well. It's really great. It's really, really great. I love it. I love the movie. Let it snow. New Christmas movies, for sure. And will Love we it. both have the same number one? We might. I think we might. We might. What? Okay. Should we do it at the same time? Just right. to like. In okay. three and two, one. The, the night, night before. before. Boom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what? We need way more drugs in our holiday movies. I agree. <laughs> And this, I mean, I so I, I rewatched the trailer, which then made me think, oh, you know what? I think I actually want to see this movie right now. Man, this movie was so good. It just like, Jillian, Jillian uh, I forget her last name right now. Jillian Bell. She was so funny in it as like the supportive pregnant wife. But then, oh, yes. but like, and the mixed marriage between the like Christian upbringing with the Jewish husband and the baby. Like, it was just so perfect and so great i love that scene <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie it's basically the story of three friends joseph gordon levitt lost his parents in a car accident when he was younger and his friends banded together and every christmas eve they would come together and party and go crazy and just be together like the first year obviously they're young they probably smoked some pot and did some video games it's been years now now it's just like we go to F F A R Schwartz or I F A O. Yeah, yeah, it's F A R F A O Schwartz. It's the one in Big where Tom Hanks plays the the piano with his feet and he dances. It's that so one. So they go there and they they do that. Then they go to karaoke. They wear silly sweaters and they're always trying to find the Nutcracker Ball, which is apparently like the best party in the city. And this is going to be their last year doing this because Seth Rogen's character is having a baby. And um, Mackie, Mackie. Mackie's, Mackie's character is uh, a pro football star. And he's kind of like. He's blowing up. He's too he's famous for this shit. Yeah. He can't be walking around the city like a normie. Exactly. So this is the last time. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt's had an. He's having a hard time with this because he's in an arrested development kind of state. Broke up with his girlfriend. I don't know. This movie has a lot. It of- has it has like true emotional depth, but then also like really hilarious comedy. And that's why this movie is so special, I think. I agree. Like I, I, I bring it up every year. To my wife, who does not think it's a Christmas movie, because she it's too rated R for her to get into her Christmas spirit. But I'm like, listen, every time I put it Has on, she ever seen it. 
Oh, yeah. Every time I put it on, she like wanders in and sits down and is like, oh, this is really funny. But she won't say it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, rated R movies with drugs and sex, they can be Christmas movies, people. Yeah, because you know what? There are adults around during Christmas and they exactly. they exist and they're still adults and like functioning human beings, like sexual beings. <laughs> and I'll tell you, the first time I saw this movie, I wasn't like blown away. But, I, you know, a Christmas went by and I wanted to see it again. I was like, you know what? Like I want to, I want it for Christmas. This is now a Christmas staple that I want. And I put it on and now it is a classic to me. Yeah. I I don't love a lot of Christmas movies. I love this movie. There should be more like it for those of us who are not interested in that G-rated perfect stuff. That's right. So, you know, the the best thing about this top three turf war is we have our number one. Yeah, that's done. It's over. Done. Uh, number Has this two, ever happened before? I don't <laughs> think it's ever happened before. I don't think this that we've like ever amazing. both wanted the same first movie in the same position. I love that this has happened. This is great. Yeah. It makes it's it like, easier. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> so I don't think a very Harold and Kumar Christmas can be considered. No, we've already, anymore because we've of that already agreed. It's out. We can't canonize something like this into our list. And because Christmas is in the title, I'm going to move. I'm going to boot. Let it snow out because it's more a teen movie for me than it is a holiday movie for you to watch this season. So that leaves Klaus and happiest season, I guess is going to be there. I don't know why you're so upset about this. I think that's a great list. We have the night before in the top spot. It's the only movie that also features something that isn't Christian based. Cause we have yep. at least one person of Jewish faith, you know, represented. Then you've got, uh, Klaus, which I I have not seen, but uh, like people love it. It's super well rated. It's a movie that, as you said, maybe should have deserved the Oscar. So of course, absolutely, I'm so happy that's in position two. And then in position three, we have literally like an instant holiday classic with a, an inclusive film about a queer relationship. Uh, which is like for the mainstream community. I think this is a great list. It's perfect for the 2010s. Let's count it down. Number three, Happiest Season. Number two, Klaus. And the number one best new holiday movie is The Night Before. So on my honorables, I had a very Harold and Kumar Christmas. I also threw Holidate up there because I don't know why there isn't more people talking about Holidate. It is a rated R holiday movie that it's the reason it's not on this is because it's not centered around Christmas. It's centered around every single holiday in one year. I do actually really want to see this movie. I put it on and then I, I don't remember why, but I couldn't finish it at the time. And I am looking forward to watching it because I literally just barely saw the setup, like 10 minutes max. It's hilarious. The leads have real chemistry and it is 
so cool to see St. Patrick get a little bit of love because it goes through every holiday of the year, including like Labor Day. So great. I'm in. I got to say, I do love Emma Roberts. I feel like because she plays uh, certain characters really well, people don't respect her capabilities as an actual performer. And she's fucking amazing. I I just want to say that. Yeah, she is like, incredible. Not just in this film, but in everything I've seen her do. And everything she plays, she's ever done. Like she plays a bit part in the hunt where she makes the audience immediately think this is the protagonist we're following, and she dead in two minutes. And that was one of the things that I think made me love that movie the most was the misdirect and the way that it was her the way she was acting, the way she was being filmed, like it just came together perfectly that you were like, yep, this is the Katniss Everdeen character that we're going to follow for the rest of this movie. Totally. What's on your honorable mentions? I did not even get, I I didn't Didn't even get that far. No. Yeah. I had the three. I started looking through the list. I felt so overwhelmed by how many movie of the week holiday Christmas movies existed that I was like, you know what? I have my three. I'm very confident that these are the three. And I still am. So I'm really, I have nothing to say and nothing to add. Done. Dunsville. Done. Christmas mic drop. <laughs> All right. So everyone, um, I think we mentioned this last episode, but this is our last episode of the season. Season four has come to an end. Isn't this insane, Jay? I mean, it feels like the longest season we've ever been in because it has been the longest year we've ever been in. But I'm really excited to say goodbye to this 2020 season, even though it brought us lovely quarantine games and so much joy to just be on on calls with each other all throughout the year. But let's let's face it, like. Let's get out of this dumpster fire year. Yeah, it was it was like such a shit year. Per, like in every way, like just for the planet, you know, globally, it was shitty. And I'm like so happy that we're seeing the end. It's actually kind of crazy because, well, as everyone knows, there's a vaccine now, right? So yeah, multiple vaccines. So we we have, it's like we see the end. I, I can't, okay, I'm just going to describe it all for a second here. President Trump was voted out of office. So you see the end of this, like in the future, you know, like you're like, oh, so close. Then you have um, the end of the virus with the vaccines. And you're like, oh, my God, yes, there's vaccines. There's hope again. And then you have the end of 2020, which is just a garbage year for so many people. And you're like, yes, thank you. 2020 is ending. Maybe 2021 is going to be a bit different. That's how I feel as well. I, you know, I feel like I haven't left my house in two weeks. It just is what it is at this point. And, you know, I'm I'm disappointed that I'm not going to see family over the holidays, but I am hopeful, just like you, Ivana, that by doing this, we will see them safely in the new year. And I will I will be able to wrap my arms around all my friends, including you. I'll make the drive up to Pittsburgh. I don't care. And, and you know, maybe the border will open at some point. Oh, and, let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that 2021 will give us all the things that we missed in 2020. Uh, but heading into the holidays, I'm assuming you guys are spending it in lockdown as well. 
Yeah, we're not really looking to. Um, we're just trying to s- stay away from people. Really, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's that simple. Doing yeah. a lot of stuff on Zoom, um, and and really just hunkering down. I honestly, I think that's the best thing for people to do. It. I sucks, have become the Zoom coordinator for my family, which means I have to find ways to entertain every Zoom thing, whether that be through trivia or matching outfits or silly song playlists or something like, like all of a sudden now I am like, Jay, fix us up with a zoom for the holidays. And I'm like, what the shit? Why does this keep coming back to me, man? Maybe I, I just want to join a zoom. You do it well. So people just give you that ownership. Brutal. Brutal. (laughs) The other important part of, being in lockdown through the winter is that you need something to do. So I thought we could give our TV recommendations to people to like really get you through. And for me, I have not been looking to stuff that is current as much. I've been going back and saying, what has a lot of popularity and like seven seasons or seven plus seasons that I can really hunker in and pop on the TV for a long period of time. I thought maybe there's some some great things you're watching with lots of seasons that you'd like to share too. I I did ju- I'm currently watching Superstore and loving every second of it. Oh, I love Superstore. Superstore is so good. I I have a friend in Superstore, Lauren Ash, and um so I've been watching it obviously since the beginning, but like I would have watched that show no matter what. Like, it did not need to have her. Like, I'm not watched. I am watching it to support her, but I would have watched it even if I wasn't supporting her. Absolutely. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And it's so funny. And, it, you know, it's season three and the two leads that you want to kiss haven't even kissed. That's what we need in our shows. <laughs> the long game. The long game. That's what... Um, what the office did so well. Exactly. And then they got together and the show just kind of petered off after that. I do not agree with that. The office. While, My hands are up. My hands while are While it may not have ended at its peak, it was because you know what? That's my recommendation. Watch The Office because it's in some ways you're like, wow, that was from so long ago and is so not okay anymore. But then in other ways, the show gets a lot right even to this day because even as it was doing things that used to be acceptable in the 2008s, let's say, of the world, um, even at that time, the show itself had a very negative stance on that type of behavior and so it would use Michael Scott doing shitty things that was at that time on the fringes of acceptability to sort of say, this is not okay. <laughs> and so in that way, the show can hold up, I think, more than you would think. And you know what else I would say is a great rewatch right now? Seinfeld. I'm really oh. into Seinfeld. Yeah. Seinfeld is great. And curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, but... I mean, and I did in the summer kind of like catch up and I've seen now every Curb Your Enthusiasm. So is there something about Seinfeld? And it's there been so long. So I, I'm a big fan. If you want something to watch that has lots of seasons, Seinfeld. And if you're not looking for like something with comedy, you know, 
Disney Plus's The Mandalorian just ended its season two yesterday. We are recording this on the Saturday. If by some miracle, and I do mean a miracle, you were able to avoid the spoilers for season the f- season finale, which I know, Chris, if you're listening, I'm so sorry, buddy. You you woke up on the wrong time zone and you opened Facebook and you found out. If you're able to avoid those spoilers, holy crap. It's a great finale that introduces all kinds of wild, exciting things. And I'm I'm getting my parents to watch it. I'm going to force Becky to watch it from the beginning. It's a great one. Two seasons in. Only 16 episodes. That's not so bad. That's not so bad at all. Another one that's comedy that I will add is Silicon Valley. If you have not seen it, it is Tom Middlekirk and it is hilarious. I tried it on this podcast. Maybe now is the time I'm in lockdown. It's got my eyes. Maybe I I give it another go because it did not grab me off that pilot. Oh man, I, I, it really grabbed me, but it's about business. And I like, I like shows about businesses or go back to some of that classic TV, like the Sopranos or sex in the city would be really like a fun revisit. Is it? What do you mean? Is it? It's a fun revisit. I don't think that there were things about the show when it was airing where I was like, e. I don't think it aged. I don't think it's going to hold up. I just don't think so. But I mean, it's classic HBO. There is like a re that her laptop is in the Smithsonian for pop culture relevance. It's a super important TV show. I just think it's a TV show that is like tied to the time that it was released in. And I don't think you're going to see. I don't think 20 years from now, people are going to be watching Sex and the City. They'll just be talking about the significance at the time. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. I got it. I got it. Buffy. Oh, yeah. Buffy. There you go. Go back and, and watch yourself some Buffy. Those are some, these are some good recommendations. These are some quarantine games. I'm curious who you think the jerk is in these holiday stories. So it's a short little holiday story for each one. And we have to say, is this person an asshole or not so much? Sound good? so game. This is going to be awesome. All right. So I'll read the first one and and then we'll alternate. So... Abby and Harper let their two young kids decorate the Christmas tree. Harper thinks the tree looks bad, so she redecorates it before her parents visit. Abby is furious and says, Harper should let the kids decorate again their way. Who's the asshole? I don't think either one of them is an asshole. I kind of think that Harper's the asshole. Because the kids are going to go downstairs and then see that the tree has been redecorated and and that's going to break their hearts. And I think that therefore she has to be the asshole. All right. Hit it. I'm, I'm, I'm saying neither because I feel like they both have expectations of what their Christmas should look like. And everybody's entitled to their own expectations, but also they're both wrong. So, like, <laughs> it cancels each other out. 59% of people sided with me. Yeah. And, and 22% sided with you. You were the next most popular answer. What's the second story? Jenny makes a dessert for Thanksgiving, but accidentally mixes up two recipes. Her brother Eric realizes the 
mix-up and tells everyone just to pretend to like it. Jenny is embarrassed and said that Eric should have just told her that it was bad. Who's the asshole? I mean, these are both garbage people that I don't want at my par- a holiday party. Like, if you garbage mixed up the recipe. Garbage people, they're so, like, sweet. She made a little mistake. Anyone can make a mistake. Yeah, but then Eric's trying to cover it up. Eric should just be like, yo, we, sh- we, can- we have time. Let's redo it. I agree. I think Eric is the asshole because, honestly, if I-, I think being honest with your loved ones is, it might be tough, but I think it's the truly loving thing to do. Creating, like, a... An elaborate lie, I think, sucks balls. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm yeah. going to say... It, it's way harder. Way harder. Eric is the asshole because you shouldn't lie to your loved ones. But I understand his heart was in the right place. Sam, both of them. Oh, man. Wow. Eric got 23%. Neither of them got 68%. People think that... Yeah. Nobody thinks either one of these people did a wrong thing. They're crazy. They're both garbage. I don't want them at my holiday party. Wow, what a perfectionist. Pam is getting married soon. She goes to a company holiday party where they have a white elephant exchange. And Pam uses her wedding invitation as her gift. When Angela opens it, she tries to trade with someone else and Pam is insulted. Who's the asshole? 100% Pam is the asshole here. 100% Pam is the ass. Who brings a wedding invitation as a gift? That isn't a gift. That is a curse. Not a gift. It's not a curse for when someone you love goes to your wedding because they want to see you get married. But it's not like a gift that people want unless they know you and love you and want to see you get married. Well, that's what I mean. Like getting a gift to somebody that I don't really like at work that I don't really care about. That is a curse to me because now I've got to find a something to wear. I got to make sure that my schedule, it takes away a weekend. There's a lot that goes into it. And there's you know a what? lot. I don't really and, care, Pam. And you have to buy a gift. So and like, you got to buy gifts. That's yeah, the exactly. thing that's crazy is like, so because usually when you get a wedding invite, you're kind of like, oh, you know, how much theoretically would I have cost? That's how much I'm going to give people as a gift. And like, it's just courtesy, right? Yeah. So then what is this? This is not a gift. It's an obligation. <laughs> That's right. You're, you're basically gifting someone the gift of their time to fill a seat at your wedding. Go to hell, Pam. And ag- people agree with us. 56% say Pam is the asshole. 25% say both of them. At uh, least most people say that there are assholes because like this is ridiculous. How does 16% side that Angela is the asshole? Come I do on. not get it. Do Come not on. get it. All right. Number four, Elizabeth hosts a Christmas dinner for her family. Her daughter, Anne doesn't eat meat. The only vegetarian Elizabeth makes is salad. Anne is upset that there is barely anything for her. Elizabeth says Anne should have brought her own dish. Who's the asshole? Wow. Wow. Okay, that's a lot to unpack there. Um, hmm. Elizabeth is beyond the asshole. Beyond. Yeah, I mean, this is her daughter. Yeah. Like, Like, this is, even if it's not, like, vegetarian is a really small request. (laughs) Like, you're not talking. Just a second dish of a vegetarian. Like, I mean, how is the only thing a salad anyway? Yeah, that means that she's actively putting meat, like bacon, let's say, into her potatoes, into her green beans, into her carrots, into her whatever. Like, 
That means she's actively going out of her way to put meat into everything. That's brute. Elizabeth, you suck. You <laughs> suck. And vegetarian. And it's not like someone's being like, oh, I don't I eat, eat this, cheese. that, or the other. Like, yeah, yeah, like it's not like I have a million different things. I can only eat these four ingredients. Please go. Like, And it looks like 70% are on the side of us. Elizabeth, you are trash. Also, if you expect someone to bring their own food to your Christmas party, you should probably tell them and not assume. Yeah, let them know. Let yeah. them know. Hey, like, can you bring a dish that you you yourself can enjoy? Sure. I Okay. I'll make a stop. Like, exactly. easy. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Seth is really into video games while his girlfriend, Summer, enjoys them sometimes. For the holidays, he buys Summer a new game he has. Oh, no. For the holidays, he buys Summer a new game he's had his eye on for months and says they can play it together. Summer says he bought the present for himself. Who's the asshole? Uh, Seth. Seth, Seth. you're the asshole. What's wrong with you, Seth? Wow. That's a gift for yourself. Shockingly. More people agree that Seth is an asshole than Elizabeth, who won't even cook for her child. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> All right. Every year, John's great aunt buys him a ridiculously oversized sweater for the holidays. One year, John decides to tell his aunt he would like something that fits him for once. His mom, Ellen, says that was rude and he should apologize. Who's the asshole? Oh, that's a, this is a good one. This is actually like, like it's not clear. I mean, here's the thing. If she's buying him clothes, I think it's fair to say like, oh, by the way, great aunt Ellen or whatever, or not Ellen because Ellen is his mom. Great aunt Judy, let's say I'm a large, just so you know, I'm a large. I don't think that that is particularly very rude. But also, she's like a great aunt, so she old. Yeah, I well, yeah, that's true. I guess it depends on how old, right? I'm, especially when it's family, I always feel so bad if someone, like, spends money to give a gift and then that gift you can't use and you just are like, garbage. Like, that sucks, too, so. Well, should he apologize? Because I don't think he should apologize for being like, hey, I've... You know, you always get me triple XL. I'm actually a medium. Like that is, I don't think that that's rude. No, as long as he was polite about it, I think neither are the asshole. His mother's not really even the asshole either. She's just asking him to apologize. Yeah, because she's like embarrassed. Yeah, and and he could just say no, and she could accept that, and then you know, no one's. And an they asshole. move on with Christmas, and then yeah. he gets it. He'll probably look. John, you're getting an oversized fucking thing for Christmas. Regardless, if it's happened this long, <laughs> you're screwed, buddy. Like, clearly these are like your great uncle's old sweaters that she's just trying to pawn off on you. So, you know, just relax. But I think neither of them are. Yeah. Neither of them the agree. asshole. Yeah. Neither of them. Okay. We'll do one more on this. And uh, okay. So Lola. And her husband are new parents. Her mother-in-law, Diana, buys the baby a turkey onesie. Lola secretly thinks it's ugly. At Thanksgiving, Diana demands to know 
why the baby isn't wearing it. Lola admits, I kind of hate the outfit. Who's the asshole? I just want to say that the picture that goes along with this question is a baby in a really ugly felt like turkey outfit. And it's totally. perfect. Like just it's also perfect. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think anybody should be demanding anyone change a baby's clothes at any given time because that's annoying. Uh, and I think that that is kind of rude. Plus, you're buying the silly outfits for the parents more than the child at that point. So I think it's a, the parent the the parents' decision to be like, listen, I don't really want to do that right now. Personally, I think that that mother-in-law bought that outfit for herself and not yeah. for the parents. Yeah. And- And that's kind of the thing is that when you give a gift to someone, it's no longer yours to control in any way. So you don't get to control if the person likes it. You don't get to control if the person wants to wear it. You don't even get to control if the person keeps it. And that's what makes gift giving sometimes so stressful. Right? That's right. Absolutely. Like I, I would not go to my, you know, my, my buddies and, and say, Hey, I got my godson a hat. Why isn't he wearing the hat? Like, you know what? That was a moment in time. I'm sure you put the hat on the head. Maybe you liked it. Maybe you didn't, but it's over. It was just a gesture, man. Yeah. That's the thing is like the gift is a gesture of caring. And then it becomes something different when it's then something placed with expectations. Like I gave you this and now you will go and do it. So I'm going to say that uh, Diana's an ass. I agree. Diana is an ass. Ooh. 40% say neither. What? Wow. Neither are really an asshole. It's just life. It's just life. All right. Well, now that we've judged some people, as is the tone of the holidays, we're going to move on and we're going to talk about some movie. It's Film Freaks. Chatter for the film fan and all of us. Last time we asked you to watch Happiest Season starring Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Aubrey Plaza, and Dan Levy. It's one of the first Christmas movies to center around queer culture, so it feels like it should be an important one and one on the list to see. Exactly. So the story is about Harper and Abby who are headed home for Christmas for the first time. Harper's family is hosting, and Abby doesn't really have any family, but she was thinking this Christmas, she'd propose to her girlfriend. The snag comes when Harper tells Abby, when they're almost at her family home, BD dubs, that her family doesn't know that she's gay and that they don't know that Abby is her girlfriend and that they think that she's just her orphaned roommate spending the holidays with them. Feeling a little blindsided, Abby plays along and starts to realize that Harper's family is the type that is consistently striving for perfect. And even more so this Christmas because her father is running for Congress and needs their family to quote unquote step up. So Harper will attempt to keep their relationship a secret while being there for her father All the while, it seems that Abby is being pushed aside. She's left at parties alone. She watches as Harper's parents push her to be with her high school sweetheart 
And she'll even end up spending time with Aubrey Plaza's character, who plays a jilted lover from high school. When it becomes too much for her, she walks out on Harper, leaving sisters fighting with each other and parents embarrassed after a holiday party turns to screaming and damaged art. But with the help of her best friend, played by the amazing Dan Levy, Abby leaves the scene with the only family that she knows. But then there's a scene when Harper runs after her and at a gas station and they reconcile and wham, all is good. It's a Christmas romance after all. Jay, I'm sure that we're going to get into the specifics, right? Oh, totally. Uh, But first, the all-important question, what did you think of Happiest Season? Well, I think we know the answer to that. It was my number three choice for 2010's holiday movies. I really enjoyed this film, even though it has flaws, but I think that it's just great. Like, just great. Okay, cool. Because we're going to have a really interesting discussion then, because I think while this movie is incredibly important, With the message and being a mainstream queer culture film, I don't think even Dan Levy can save it from its lack of holiday spirit. It's zero chemistry and uh, there is no energy in this movie when there should be lots of energy in this movie. There are sisters like fighting each other in the finale and it is absolutely lackluster until Harper says one of the most heartbreaking lines in the film, which is, She's lying. I'm not a lesbian. And it is sincerely like the reason I don't like this film in a nutshell is Harper. I can't get past Harper. Harper is a monster. She's a (laughs) fucking monster. I, I like, I think Kristen Stewart's doing great. Aubrey Plaza is great. Dan Levy's great. Mary Steenberger's great. Uh, I don't think the sisters do enough. Like Jane is okay. I I mean, I, I just think the, the core of your movie is a love story. You Wait, even try you to wrap it up Jane at Jane is just okay? She like stole the show. She's, she's fine, but it's not her story. It's Yeah, but, but she story. stole the show. That's exactly it. Like it shouldn't be her story. Her character is not the thing that you want to watch for an hour and a half you want to watch her for a nice tight 30 minutes interspersed throughout an hour and a half and she does a damn good job at her character yeah but when jane's in a scene her purpose there is to say something wacky and be told to shut up by her family who does who disregards her as nothing a hundred percent but like she steals the show every time like she's the audience doesn't disregard her and that's what makes it so good which is lovely, but it's not her story. It is Harper and Abby's love story. And Harper, as I said, is a goddamn mar- monster. She's but a horrible, horrible Abby person. Abby is like such a delight. Kristen yes. Stewart is like, first of all, I just like want to say she's such a good actor. But second of all, in this role, she's so good. Like, I, Here's the thing. If this movie didn't have Kristen Stewart, it would be garbage, but it has Kristen Stewart. Can I like rant just for a little bit about what really sucked me out of this film? Yeah, do it. Like I said, Harper. Now, in most movies where there is a choice that you are made, it is to propel the story forward. And Harper's choice not to be out is how this story kind of exists at all. 
which normally I would say, yeah, like, why'd they go into the woods without a weapon? Well, it's so that they can, like, overcome shit and kill the bad guy. Like, that's, you know, you don't nitpick those things. The problem with Harper is it keeps going. She keeps demanding more and giving less to any kind of redemption story that she's going to have at the end of the film. She tells her girlfriend, first of all, she tells her girlfriend she came out to her family and they were overjoyed. I get it. It's hard. I'm not going to say as a, as a, as a straight cisgender dude that I know what, how hard that moment is, but I can empathize that it would be insanely difficult to come out. So I understand not saying, saying that you came out and telling your girlfriend who you're supposed to share your time with that, that it came out because you had expectations around that. I get that lie. Okay. I even a little bit can understand why you brought her home and surprised her with, by the way, I'm not out of the closet shitty, but I'm okay. What I'm not okay with is where you say, so they think you're orphaned, so you got to play that character, but also you're straight. That is where I fucking draw the line. Like you just took a girl, you took a woman who you love, and now she can't be the person that you love anymore for the rest of the movie. You put her back in a closet. What are you doing? Like, even if, even if you haven't come out as gay and you, you know, she's just your roommate. Why does she have to be back in the closet? Because of the Dan Levy joke. That's why. You needed Dan Javi to, pre- to pretend to be gay in that scene when he comes into the party later. Like, that's the reason. Yeah, but that's a shitty reason. Like, when he that's comes out, he's reason. like, yeah, I'm a straight that's why, though. That's the reason. That's a terrible reason. That is, the, And these are all choices you made with the story going through it that make Harper worse. And then Harper gets worse because she's avoiding Abby. She's hanging out with her ex-boyfriend and her friends. She's not including Abby in anything, any part of her life because she's embarrassed she's gay. She is embarrassed by this. And you basically, Aubrey Plaza swoops in and is delightful and you almost so are rooting good. for Abby and Aubrey to be together. I kind of want them to be together. You really want them to be together. And I'm like, why Why is it? And then Aubrey Plaza tells the horrifying story of what Mackenzie Davis's Harper did to her in high school, which is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. So, like I said, what I just couldn't get through with this film is the evil of Harper... And how it just keeps going. And then at the end of the film, she's fighting with her sister who's getting a divorce. And she reveals that. And then her sister outs her, it, which is that another horrifying rough. scene. Oh, God. Scene. It's an awful just scene. a very toxic family. Worst family. And then Harper screams in front of Abby that she is not gay. I, I was like, you've already seen how Harper operates. What is keeping you here? I want now at this moment in this film for Abby to run. Now, does Dan Levy get an amazing speech about how everybody's experience coming out is different? Yes. Is that the most important part of the film? Yes. 
Love that part. Love that part of the movie. But then Abby flips around and goes back to the freaking Harper. And I'm like, this, you, you've had no chemistry. She treated you like garbage. And you're back together giving us this, like, Christmas moment that is absolute horseshit. I don't like this movie. Okay. Like I said, this movie has flaws. The biggest flaw being that Harper is a garbage person. She's so selfish each and every step of the way. And I feel like almost never even fully learns her lesson. She just, her parents wake up and realize that if they don't change, they're going to lose their children. And, and then everything goes back to being great, but she never learns a lesson. And that is like a pretty big thing to me. Um, in the perfect world, I kind of see like the ending going a little bit differently where, uh, you know, Abby and Aubrey Plaza's character. So Kristen Stewart's character and Aubrey Plaza, like if they were to be the ones that ended up together and then, you know, a couple years in the, down the road, you know, she jumps, she, she like bumps into Mackenzie Davis as Harper finds out that she's out and in a solid relationship and things have like settled down with her family. That would be kind of great. That would be like the that perfect would be ending. The best ending this film could have. Like it would be like somewhat melancholy, a little bit real because I think probably one thing that happens in a lot of experience of of you know queer people is where you have that person that you love and then you might get reality coming in the way in terms of family who doesn't understand or your the person that you love isn't ready to come out or whatever it might be and the relationship just has to end even though you love them it happened and it i feel to. like yeah it has to yeah like that that happens and that's okay it's okay not to be with someone but this movie is clearly trying to be and I, maybe that's kind of ironic that it chose the happy-go-lucky ending because the movie is all about a family that's like obsessed with fake perfection and then you end up with an ending to that film which is fake perfection you know what I mean like it seems a little quick that the parents come on side and learn their lesson and everything is repaired and Christmas can become a truly lovely thing for this family it's unrealistic but it is that, unrealistic. That being said, I think that's kind of what they're going for because I think they wanted to make one of those happy, everything is great movies. It's just strange to make a happy, everything is great movie surrounding a family that puts a lot of pressure on being perfect. And then like, for some reason, like just fulfilling that in your final, in the denouement, right? And from the moment they get to that house, Harper and Abby spend zero like well not zero but so little screen time too together. little time not enough time building the relationship you're totally exactly right. so that that is you don't get a payoff you don't get a payoff yeah that so when they get back together i i was genuinely unhappy with this because i thought that like Kristen stewart's character abby was just railroaded the whole time and i didn't like that she she was like gonna be okay with this I also didn't like that her niece and nephew or her niece and nephew to be planted stuff on her to get caught. And then at the end, it was like, we put that there. And she's like, thank you. And I'm like, no, nah, man, 
you got you got every right to be angry at everybody in this movie and you didn't get any time to be angry at anybody and now you're okay with everybody she's just perfect have your moment even in the family stone which i don't even love she gets to yell at the family <laughs> yeah it's true she doesn't even get to yell at the family it, you look this movie really wanted to be like a happy holiday tale and it's a great film even though I feel like Harper is horrible and at the end I don't really want them together like I don't think I don't think this is a great film but I think it could have been and it's not and it's I I think it could have been you made a lot of choices that for me I I most of the time in a movie when I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, I'll get over that. Like, no, no problem. Like, oh, shitty parenting, whatever. Like, they're just, that's so that the kids can have an adventure. It's fine. But I, for whatever reason, just could not get behind this monster and the loveliness of Abby. It broke my heart that she went back. I just, I felt good watching it though. And I want to, I would see it again. Like I really enjoyed the experience of consuming this movie. And I think it's an important movie. And I think there are flaws, but there are flaws in many movies. I cannot get over so many things from Christmas vacation, but I can still sort of see why it's a classic that people return to over and over. Christmas movies are by definition fraught with people making what I consider are bad decisions that I cannot get over. It's probably why I don't love Christmas movies that much. And this movie falls firmly into that fold, which was part of what it was trying to do. Because this movie is trying to be like A Christmas Vacation or Elf or any of those classics that we all kind of think about. So I landed at a three-star rating for this film. And the reason I landed at three is because I couldn't get it out of my head. Mostly because of all the decisions Harper made. And, and I wrote a huge review on my letterbox about how much, how disappointed I was in it. But I'm with you that there are moments where I genuinely laughed. There are, Jane is lovely. I, I don't think it is a horrible movie. I didn't enjoy my time with it. I can't see myself going back. But like you in Christmas Vacation, I do see the merits of certain parts of it. And hey, it's Pittsburgh. It made me want to go to Pittsburgh. That was kind of neat. Yeah, that was like, so this movie is firmly Pittsburgh based. And as a resident of Pittsburgh, (laughs) I really felt that. Like I really felt like, oh my God, I go there. And oh my God, I know this place. And then when you go, when they go into the suburbs, like for the actual thing, like I live in Pittsburgh proper and there is a real cultural thing about suburbs versus city, like almost more so than Toronto even because in Toronto, everyone's like suburbs are not cool. City is cool. Everyone's on board, right? That's a Canadian city living experience. Maybe also New York too. Maybe it's something to do with big cities, but in small cities, it's a little bit of the opposite where the suburbs are this like, well, exactly how they showed in this movie the like nicer place where the nice people go and the cities is where you get queer people. <laughs> like, right, ooh, right. Like, 
I don't know. I just felt, I really felt grounded in Pittsburgh. Also, fun fact, the mall scene that is uh, shown in this movie. So in the mall scene, uh, I've actually been to that store and I know those store owners. Nice. The store owners are just so sweet and nice and it was just so cool to like know that it was filmed there. Oh. Can we talk about Alison Brie for a sec? Because I loved her in this movie. Sure, even let's though talk about Alison Brie who's uh, getting a divorce in this film and outs her sister. So I really liked her portrayal of that character. She she knows that like fragile, like I'm pretending to be perfect, but not thing. I also have met those parents who look down at their child for doing something that they want to do with their life. I dated this girl and I went to meet her family and her family are pretty conservative. And they were talking some smack about how their eldest son had become a doctor and flown to the Yukon and to the Northwest Territories to be a general practitioner in this area with, you know, people of all kinds of different backgrounds up there who didn't have a doctor up there. And they were sneering at this. And I looked at them plain in the face and said, you realize like your daughter just brought home a radio guy, right? Like I will never make any money and I work with fools. <laughs> I don't know if I would agree with that. Your son is They're a not... doctor and you're not happy because he went somewhere. Like I, I was so blown away. So I get it. I get that. Like there are parents who look at their children who make decisions that are still fine. Like she's clearly her business is doing fine. Let her do her basket business. Like it's fine. But because she could have been a lawyer and she could have been this and blah, 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 blah. Like that just wasn't her thing, man. Like she cannot like the thing that would have made her rich and powerful. So my biggest problem with her character, and I'm glad that you brought this up about her career choice is that that's the element of her character that resonated with me most and had the most direct line of sight to the overall story. The part of her character that I disliked because it seemed too stereotypical or just too cliche, that choice of her having the failed marriage dilutes the fact that what her real reason for her character is that she loves this weird kind of like non-mainstream business and no one takes her seriously and she should be the favorite but she isn't because she's jealous of her middle sister like her younger sister Mackenzie Davis I think that would have been a stronger story and I think it would have been that much worse for her to out her sister then the other element to her story is that she married a black man and had mixed children with this black man and her parents are using it Politically. Right. Yeah. They love this because then Which they seem more is uh, accepting. These, this family is fucked. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. It's hard. This is a hard movie for me to get behind and like ever recommend to anyone. But I'm with you. I love Alison Brie. I wish, I don't know where I didn't see it, but like when she's fighting with Mackenzie Davis, I just felt like there should be music here. There should be more elements like. There is nothing propelling this in a, in a giving the film energy 
uh, more excitement and more heightened energy than it is. Like it, it arrives in a way that could be exciting. And then when they're fighting down the hall, it feels flat. And I don't know if that's just because the director made a choice or whatever. I think it partly feels flat because I think the whole thing about her husband cheating on her and all that stuff like that felt very stuck in there expected yeah I think something it, we we definitely knew something was going on in that relationship the whole time the and whole when time it's a reveal it's like okay, it's not surprising sure. and you're kind of like yeah. oh yeah but also like she already had a story like it, she could have been in a loving relationship because her story was already her parents looked down at her because she makes baskets like, yeah, and she, she can out her more. sister for that reason. And and that makes it worse. And maybe that's not such a bad thing. I think there's choices that are made in this movie that hold it back. Yeah, there are. This is not a perfect movie. Most Christmas movies are not perfect movies. And that, to me, is also why it works. Like, it is just as shitty as a lot of Christmas movies that people love. People love kind of not that great. I agree. The movie's... Like that they love that are Christmas based are not usually cinematic masterpieces. And yeah, this is they're, firmly not in that be space. Exactly. Like Home Alone is a cinematic masterpiece. I it is, I agree. It I, is. I, like I watched it recently. It is every decision that they make is actually important. There's a, you know, there's small moments where, you know, Kevin's ticket gets put in the trash and it's milliseconds, but it adds to why this could be plausible now shitty shitty parenting but you need it and you need to understand that to actually have the film happen right and which is why it's okay that yeah, Mackenzie okay Davis overlook. can kind of be shitty or her parents can be shitty it's just they there wasn't enough redemption there was I agree 100% not enough stolen moments of true love so I never got to root for the relationship this movie interestingly made me think a lot a lot about get out did it make you think about get out no but I can see how you might I yeah I can see how you might it's like, just it's it's more in the beginning and it's more just the setup, right? Because yep. you have another situation where an outsider, this time instead of a black man, we're saying a gay woman, yep. is being brought to the suburbs and, and Republican. Let's just put those things all together. Oh. And and so and there's a secret, there's family, and the family is kind of evil. Like there's just elements of it. That made me think of Get Out. What this movie didn't do that Get Out did so well is that once in the white suburban community in Get Out, there are more than enough things that, uh, oh shoot, what's her name again? Allison Williams is still kind and loving to Daniel Kaluuya through that movie. So as it's going, they have moments where they're actually like supporting each other. Where in yes. this movie, as it's going, there are moments of her saying, just keep, keep dealing with this. Keep dealing with this. Don't worry. It's going to get better, but it never gets better. Cause she's the one making the bad choices. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I never 
saw the comparisons, but uh, you're right. I mean, but also like Get Out is also a masterpiece, and this total is masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's like it was so important that you can't live in a world where you don't think about Get Out when you're like looking at the setup. Well, I, and and I'm not trying to take away the importance of Happiest Season. I still think it's an important film. I still think it has an important message. I just think it's not a it, quality it, film. Yeah. And, and deliberate choices were made to not make it as good as it could be. Uh, but you know, Aubrey Plaza, Dan Levy and Kristen Stewart are doing their damnedest to save this movie from itself. And it, it just sad, sadly, I don't think it made it. I disagree. I think it did just enough to save itself by per, predominantly the performances. So, but, but I agree. Flawed, flawed picture. But we will be back in February with top TV shows of our year. We got some watching to do, Ivana. That is true. A TV show episode. Uh, we've got a special episode coming. We got our top 10 movies of the year coming. And then we have all kinds of more silliness to get you through. Dear God, I hope we're not in the level of lockdown we're in now in February. But I think we've left you on a high note for the remainder of winter, at least. And that's our show and our season. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you join us again next year with our new season. If you'd like to support the show, you can hop on to your podcast service and subscribe. And if you're really feeling generous, why not score us a quick rating or review? Our intro song comes from bensound.com and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our music, our talented voice actors, and our sound effects. Ivana and I love hearing from you, so we built a website with exactly how you can find us at morethanmovies.net. But in case you hate websites, we also have an email. Hello at morethanmovies.net. You can find us on Facebook, More Than Movies Podcast. Or catch us on Twitter. I'm at It's Ivana. I'm at Jester J. Thanks again for spending the year with us. We'll be back again next year with an all new season. And until then, friends. Do more. And watch more. (laughs) 